To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney Podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about the Disney parks than most grown women should, and we're perfectly okay with that. Yeah, 100% okay with that. Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at Real Mousewife WDW. And for the record, I'm also 100% okay with that. I'm sorry. I kind of like blanked out for a minute there. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, is it just me? Is our, is our percentages changed over time? <laughs> I'm like, maybe she's reevaluating things. I, you know, always, you should always do a check and make sure you feel good about that. It just took a little longer to process for me today. Uh, but yes, yes, I am still on board with all this. Um, hey, <laughs> hi guys. I am Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com and No Guilt Travel, which is a travel agency that specializes in Disney and Universal vacations. You can find me on all socials at No Guilt Life. And today we have we, we have something kind of different and fun for us, something that we actually haven't done for quite a while with a reason. We've got a bit of a trip report. Dun, dun, dun. Now, no, you didn't miss anything. Jane did not go. <laughs> Teresa did not go. And I did not go. We had to bring in a ringer for this one. (laughs) Oh, we have brought in um, straight off the Southwest Airlines. uh, We have brought in our friend Peter. And Peter, hi, Peter. Peter is going to tell us a little bit about himself in just a minute. But Peter just spent a week at Walt Disney World during spring break. So first of all, welcome home and we're glad you made it and we're glad you (laughs) survived because I was looking at all of those uh, pictures of that week and thought, oh my word, I hope Peter's (laughs) having a good time. Uh, but Peter has a lot of experience with Disney parks. Uh, Peter has a haunted mansion bathroom. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're not following him on Instagram, you need to. So we'll have him give you the the shout out there for that so you can find it. Uh, But tell us a little bit about yourself and all of your magical experiences. And that was not said by accident. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, I guess we'll talk about my boring day job first. Uh, I am a... Right, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm a, I'm a, a professional magician, uh, and I've, uh, that is, has been my career, uh, since I was 10. I mean, literally I've never had, uh, that's always been my primary source of income. Uh, and so, uh, there was a, a time where I was sort of flirting with Imagineering, uh, not really, I've always been a big fan of Disney in particular, the Disney parks. Um, and, uh, and even, I mean, where, uh, Teresa and I met, uh, was in college, uh, I have a technical theater degree. And even during that time, while I was still doing the magic performing, still sort of thinking about, well, you know, a technical theater degree might be handy if I decide to pursue the Imagineering uh, route. Um, ended up not, and I'm super happy with, uh, obviously, <laughs> still being a magician is, is a, another type of dream job, uh, but definitely sort of play backyard Imagineer around my house uh, with both, um, you know, the Haunted Mansion bathroom, but then other sort of uh, speakers and lights all over the place, and definitely... It's dangerous when I go to the Disney parks because I come home with all this inspiration of like 
how can I change things around the house to make it more like what would Disney do? You know, um, so uh, so we go about every two years. Uh, my my wife and I, and now we have a, a five year old daughter. Um, and so uh, the last time though I was in Walt Disney World was four years ago. Two years ago we uh, went over to the West Coast and we did Disneyland. Um, so it's been four years since I had been to Walt Disney World and. It was looking kind of, uh, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to make the trip happen this year, uh, but we decided to go ahead and try for it, especially while my daughter is still in virtual school. Uh, that was part of the decision, making it a little bit easier to, to sort of uproot her from that. Um, and then also, frankly, uh, I've been doing a lot of virtual shows, but because my spring schedule as a performer is not as busy this year uh, during the first half of the year as it historically is, um, it made it a lot easier for us to just go ahead and, and do a spring trip without me having to uh, postpone or cancel a bunch of, uh, a bunch of my work. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of, hopefully that's a thumbnail, but I'm happy to fill things in if, uh, if I miss something. Yeah. And you met Teresa yep. in college and that's how you guys know each other. Yep. Correct. We don't have to talk about how long ago that was though. <laughs> it was like three years, two or three oh, years. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I was <laughs> several decades. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sure if you currently had a job job with Teresa and the magician thing was the side gig, but the magician thing is the thing. Okay. Yeah. So that's exciting. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've known any magicians. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, a little it's magic to, to my Sunday. So that's cool. Totally. Uh, all right. And full disclosure, Peter gave me the great honor. He allowed me to uh, help him book and plan his trip a little bit, but I'll be honest, mm -hmm. Peter had this in hand and he just <laughs> kind of touched base with me on a few things, but he really knew what he was doing, which is also why he's here because I think that's important for folks that um, are looking to plan a trip during this weird time of COVID restrictions and everything's a little different and everything's a little, little changed. Um, while I am here and, and always happy as a travel agent to give you information and to back you up on things, there's a lot of stuff that I think, particularly if you've been before, you need to adjust your expectations and maybe do a little research or, or at least ask hashtag all the questions. Like it's really important to ask a lot of things right now. Um, I'm in the middle of planning another big trip uh, for a family who is similar to like us. She, she's traveled plenty of times to Walt Disney World before, but she's like, I swear everything has changed. I need I need confirmation. Can you just help me, you know, suss through all of this? Uh, so if you have considered working with a travel planner before, but you thought, oh, I can handle it, you might still be able to, and, and that's cool, but I'm just throwing this out there. Uh, if you want somebody to kind of back you up and double check and, re you know, reconnect and make sure all of the uh, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, a travel planner of, you know, any, uh, Anyone that, that specifically does Disney as their as their gig, that's who I would suggest you connect with. Um, and of course, No Guilt Travel is available for you at any time. Um, so, Peter, tell yes. us a little bit about um, like your trips in the past. How mm -hmm. 
how did how did those trips go and how did they feel for you? And I guess the last time you went to Walt Disney World, you had Bitty, Bitty Baby with you or did she, or did she get ditched? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we figured we'd be terrible parents if we didn't bring her along. But, um, and, and yet also, I mean, her birthday is in July. So to be fair, she's, you know, five and uh, two thirds or whatever. Gotcha. So at the time she was knocking on two the last time we were there. Um, so she had a great time. She doesn't remember any of it, but mm-hmm. when we show her photos, then she, uh, you know, sort of kind of remembers. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we, when just my wife and I would go, we never really did any character, um, meet and greets just because, uh, we were there for the rides and somewhat the shows. Uh, we were never really, uh, big into the parades. The parades were always a great way to suck people away from the rides. Uh, and same thing with, we'll catch the fireworks show if we can, but that's not the priority for us. You are Um, 100% percent my people yes you do parks as I do parks um, uh, uh, with kids it is different I will admit that but sure. that was exactly my thought process I was, I was like I love the parades because all y'all are watching the parade while I'm riding seven dwarves like over and over again bye totally. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's 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 their the function of the parade is uh-huh, to make yep. the <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was um and similarly though we're not exactly we're not just doing the thrill rides over and over again. We do still enjoy uh you know hanging out on the Carousel of Progress or uh, the Hall of Presidents and you know just sort of uh, the the light and shade of all the different attractions and shows. Uh, so, um, so yeah, and again, every two years, yeah, I, I, we're sort of in that medium range where uh, on the one hand, I can't say that we're regulars, but on the other hand, frequently enough, uh, that's probably been going on for the past decade that we've been about every, uh, you know, two years. And then also obviously, uh, getting my Disney fix with podcasts and a couple of blogs and, um, you know, all Teresa and I share a love of park music, uh, in terms of just being able to sort of recreate that experience around our, our homes. So, uh, very much still plugged in to the community and what's new and what's going on, even if I'm only there every couple of years. Well, and so we're, since we're gonna be talking about, you know, planning a trip, I'm mm-hmm. curious. So in, in pre, you know, pre COVID times, like how far in advance would you usually plan your trips and to what extent would you plan them? Like, are you someone who makes sure you have, you know, all your fast passes, all your dining reservations, everything set in advance and kind of know what your days would be? Or would you be mm-hmm. like, here's, here's the week I'm going, I'm just going to see what happens. Sure. Yeah. So because of my schedule, we typically would have to book it, um, six to eight months out, uh, just because that way I would need to block out those dates, uh, on, on my schedule. So I wasn't booking any shows during that time. Uh, so normally we would be planning not again, rarely a year out, but six to eight months out, uh, at least knowing the, the days that we were going. And then I'm, uh, you know, as much I, I would say on the high end of planner in terms of, uh, you know, getting figuring out which parks on which days, uh, trying to line up the the uh, dining reservations and the fast passes. Typically, we don't do more than uh, one sit down reservation about every two days. Uh, we we would prefer to sort of uh, play it a little bit more fast and loose and and do more counter service or walk ups as opposed to 
um, there was one trip where we did have the, the free dining promotion was happening. And as much as we enjoyed that, we did have sort of like two anchors every day that we had to get to. And we weren't a huge fan of that level of um, being tied into uh, a time and a park that we had to, to be at. So, it definitely uh, um, cuts into your time when you're mm-hmm. doing sit down meals, even just once a day. It, it, it factors in. I've, uh, my family has actually kind of pivoted away from that as mm-hmm. well. Um, when I can talk them into it, they still really like the Disney food. And so mm-hmm. it's not easy to do, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm just like so excited because you and I were like right there together <laughs> on yeah. our trip planning. So, totally. <laughs> well, once and you say, you know, two anchors and I'm thinking, you know, especially when you have the dining plan, sometimes it's like a third anchor because I'm not someone who would get dessert at every single meal. And I'm like, just that much food. Right. I'm like, I physically feel just weighed down because I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. eating so much. No, there's definitely something to be said. I mean, yeah, that you you need to be putting like good food in you, but also mm-hmm. if it is too much, uh, then that will slow you down. And we're not commandos, but we also are not treating it like a resort. We're treating it like uh, a, a a bunch of things that we'd like to do. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I guess. If that, that in terms of my expectations, uh, we had very low expectations. Basically, we wanted to experience this place that we love during this strange time, and uh, it was very helpful. Again, blogs and podcasts getting a chance to get our expectations to uh, a, a, a suitable level. Uh, for example, when we booked all of the reservations with Patty. Um, I think that was maybe three or four months out. If, if mm-hmm, I recall, mm-hmm. um, most of the parks basically had bank hours. It was like nine to five mm-hmm. or eight to four, pretty much every day, every park. And so we were already planning to be spending more time at the resort or at Disney Springs, um, in the evenings because it didn't look like they were going to be doing what we would think of as regular park hours. Um, and then we were, pleased that as the dates got closer, those started opening up, um, certainly in the evenings and uh, all the way to, you know, like when we were there for Epcot, it was open from 11 to 11. Uh, and then, uh, most days animal kingdom was still closing around dusk. Uh, but both Hollywood studios and magic kingdom would typically be open until eight or nine o'clock at night, even on a, a, a Tuesday. So uh, that was a a benefit. But again, we sort of went into it expecting that we were going to kind of go for maybe eight hours and then have perhaps more evening time uh, than we typically would, would have on a, on a Walt Disney World trip. That Those Epcot hours, that's really late because even, mm-hmm. you know, pre-COVID, getting Epcot open until 11 o'clock was very, very rare. 10 was usually the latest. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad you're telling me this because to be honest, I haven't looked at park hours. I'm just over here, like <laughs> basically ignoring Disney because I can't go to it. <laughs> right, right. I'm sure Flower and Garden is a big part of that. Uh, they realize that uh, folks will be spending more money the longer we're open. And clearly, no one's getting sloshed at 9 a.m., so it makes sense to not open uh, that early. But uh, folks were definitely enjoying it later in the evening, so I'm, I'm sure that it's worth their while. You underestimate us, Peter. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you know. You, you, we- can't, you can't be an all-day drinker if you don't start all day. <laughs> That's Yeah. 
we were we were on vacation, but we still I think I, I don't think we had anything before noon, which maybe that was a failure, but also trying to keep a small human alive. So that's important. <laughs> understandable. Understandable. You know what? I appreciate that. <laughs> um yeah, so we stayed at uh, Caribbean Beach, uh, which was, uh, again, having not visited since Skyliner, it was important for us to to experience that. And that was awesome. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. We were able to get a room super close to the Skyliner. Oh, good. Uh, I was curious about that because yep. Caribbean Beach is so big. Yeah, that, huge. you know, yeah, it's huge. And so it really does affect your experience at that resort based mm-hmm. on where you end up. So my fingers were crossed all along that you would end up in the right place. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely good. I mean, the only the, the thing that I hadn't really accounted for was um, whenever we wanted to get food at, at old Port Royal, that was quite a hike, uh, just because it's sort of centrally located, but then the Skyliner is sort of on one end of the resort. So it was great whenever we were coming or going to one of either Hollywood Studios or Epcot. But if we wanted to pop over and grab, uh, you know, a couple of Mickey waffles, then it was not as easy of a pop over as if we were at someplace closer to to there. Um, so, so yeah. were you, sorry, were you close to the Riviera entrance of the Skyliner or were you close to the, the hub, like that change station they have, uh, to the hub closer to there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause there is the, um, there's some of the buildings and I don't know which ones with Caribbean, mm-hmm. but they're, they're closer to the Riviera entrance of the Skyliner. Cause like right. some of the buildings are literally right next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, they're very, very far away from the middle of Caribbean where Port Royal is or whatever it's called. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we actually discovered that uh, on our first time arriving back from a park, we got off at the Riviera stop because we thought that that was the stop and it was dark. And then we had to walk across the, the entirety of Caribbean Beach uh, back to the room. Uh, only later finding out that you can stay on at Riviera and the Skyliner will take you to the, the hub. So right. again, ironing out the, uh, the little wrinkles there. You just, you wanted to take the scenic route so you could get a feel for the resort. Yeah. (laughs) It was totally planned. (laughs) After, after a long day in the parks with a five-year-old, we, the scenic route was exactly what we wanted. Exactly. More, another walk. It's exactly what you want. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our feet felt great. I am really curious. (laughs) So I am really curious. Was this your like top choice for resort for where you wanted to stay? Or was this kind of where, where you ended up based on what was available around when you were looking? We looked at a couple, uh, but there was a little bit of nostalgia. There were a couple of times growing up that we stayed at Caribbean Beach. Uh, So I was sort of interested in uh, reconnecting with it and kind of seeing how what what was different and what was the same uh, from from my sort of childhood experiences there. Uh, And Skyliner, uh, you know, was interested in trying to get to a, a Skyliner resort. And then also just looking over, I mean, it's a it was surprising how many were still close. Um, uh, that that I, I I sort of had the expectation that most of the resorts had reopened, along with most of the uh, restaurants reopening, and neither of those were the case. It was really more like maybe about fifty percent uh, of of things being open. So mm-hmm. uh, that sort of guided us to Caribbean Beach, and that's where we 
um, went ahead and when I, by the time I was reaching out to Patty that we had already made the decision to, to stay there. And so Patty, I guess this is a question for you. Since we're just talking about booking and availability, it seems like, you know, Peters was pretty straightforward with what he wanted. Um, mm-hmm. But when you've been looking for, you know, for other guests, have you noticed that like, have you been having a harder time trying to find what they want? Or has it still been pretty easy just when booking a trip, you know, you people can generally get what they're looking for? It's It's been somewhat of a challenge. Um, it, but it also depends on the client and what they're looking for. So for example, um, my deluxe clients who want to stay at the Polynesian, well, it's super hard right now because most of that resort is is closed down for refurbishment, but you can get DVC rooms. However, those are booked up. Um, I think on one of the last episodes that Jane actually mentioned when she went and looked um, that her DVC availability was very, very tight. Um, it's so tight. Yeah. And so that's one of the things is that uh, some of the resorts, the resorts are are still closed, but the DVC side is still open. So I can still put folks in that location, but then it's still super tight. Like it's, it's hard to find it. Um, and then in addition to that, my big uh, ch- challenge is there's no word. There's no zilch zip zip nada out there. They have not said anything about the Port Orleans um, resorts and um, Port Orleans Riverside is huge and would be, it's, it's a great place to send people and it's still down and we don't have any, information as to even when it might possibly come back up and come back online. And so that leaves us from the moderate perspective, we only have the two options. So in some ways, it's easier because I'm like, ah, you want moderate? Cool. You have uh, Caribbean Beach or you have Coronado. Those are your choices. That's all I got for you. Um, And because both of those resorts are, are fairly large, I could usually find rooms within both of those resorts. So it's one of those like, Yes and no answers. Um, I can find you rooms at Pop. I can find you rooms at Art of Animation. Uh, we just got All Star Movies back online. I think as of last Monday. So yay! You have a few uh, more value options now that are available. But it was the moderate and the deluxe levels that were a little bit more hunting and pecking and trying to move dates around to uh, find what we could accommodate for people. Because, yeah, the the um, availability uh, seems to be pretty, pretty popping. And I will tell you guys this also. If you are looking to plan or think you are going to plan a, sp- um, a summer or fall trip, please start your planning now. (laughs) It's going to cost you $200, totally refundable up to 30 days before your check-in to put a room on hold. But the reason I tell you this is that as people are getting their vaccinations and are getting more excited about this prospect of uh, traveling again without, I mean, the fear of COVID is still going to be there and COVID is still a thing. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, that hasn't gone away. But as more people are getting their vaccinations, getting their vaccinations, we in the travel industry are seeing wonderful uh, response to that. People want to go. Um, I mentioned earlier that I booked two uh, beach trips, this um, this one in May and then one in July. I was online trying to find places to take my family and everything's booked up. Like everything is booked up. <laughs> All the East Coast beaches, like people are just like, we're getting out of Dodge, we are going. So I'm just warning you right now that if you are looking at travel, A, please get your vaccinations before you go. But B, um, go ahead and consider start making your plans in advance because you may just find out, uh, particularly in the case of a Disney situation where 
they have not announced. We still have no movement that they're opening more resort availability. Uh, they even in the investors call said the 35% um, cap in the parks sounds like it's going to, to stay for a little bit longer. We have not heard that that's going to be increased or changed. Um, those things will factor into if you are going to be able to go and if you are going to be able to stay where you want to stay. So... Well, and talking about, especially for the fall, because something, mm-hmm. something a little important happening at there the is. fall, yeah. this, this, yeah. Disney World. You know, it's the 50th anniversary. So I think especially if, if October is your time to go, like you really should be looking at that now. Cause I know like the actual anniversary on October 1st, I've seen everybody say it's been booked for a very long time, but I think even around that there's people who maybe decided late they wanted to go and can't make it right on the first. And they're starting to fill up those days shortly after. So if, if that's like your peak time, is that that's when you love to go to the parks. Um, I would really start thinking about that now if you haven't yet. And just a heads up, um, speaking of September, October, November, we don't know the status of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at this time either. If they should make any kind of announcement that those parties are coming back, I guarantee everything will be sold out in like the blink of an eye. It's going to be like (laughs) Ren Disney 2013 Hunger Games version of getting tickets again. Uh, So again, if that is your heart's desire and you're, you know, thinking about wanting to do these things, there's no, just go ahead and try to plan ahead is what I'm trying to, you know, gently push you guys towards uh, because Folks are ready to travel again. Uh, I, you know, my blog numbers, the travel posts are are getting more interest. Um, talking to other travel agents, we're seeing it. It's it's uh, like this like breath of, of normalcy for us, you know, to be able to start sending people on trips again, and so that's exciting. But uh, just know you're you know, if you have those inclinations, uh, you may not be able to do a last minute trip like you once were able to do this summer into the fall. That's, that's my, that's my thought process is that it's going to be a lot harder to make it happen the way you want it to happen. Um, just because of we're still dealing with some lower availability as far as uh, the product is concerned, as far as, you know, how many rooms are available, how many restaurants are available, how many, uh, cast members, uh, they're hiring. Like if you see a big push for cast members coming back, and that could be the signal that they are going to be opening up some more stuff. Uh, but thus far, you know, I haven't seen a lot of that. So we're still just kind of waiting to see what Disney does next. I'll just say that um, from a, a Disney Vacation Club perspective, I recently went to book July for July, which um, is my birthday. And I always do a weekend in July for that. And it was slim pickings. And I wasn't looking for the cheapest room or the lowest level. Like I always splurge a little when I do that, that trip. And I was like, wow, we are, we're getting into the portion where everybody wants to come here. I think because everybody hasn't been able to come here for a while and, you know, with stimulus and like that kind of money, like, I think people are just coming into a moment where they're like, let's go, let's do this. So um, and then I did look for the October 1st weekend and it was like a joke. I almost posted it on TikTok cause it was so comical for me. Um, I looked for like three days. So it was across like the day before October 1st and then like two days after just to, you know, kind of give it a couple of days. 
And I looked actually for a cash room because there's obviously no DVC. And even the cash rooms available were Coronado and Caribbean, and they were over $300 a night. And the only other place was um, the Yacht Club starting at $2,700 a night. And I was like, <laughs> guess, guess who's staying home in her place? Nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mm. exactly. So, you know, it's getting, it's getting uh, uh, crazy. And I will also say, from a local perspective, I went out just this morning and the traffic is back. And I was like, it's, it's like bittersweet. You know, it's like, I want the traffic back because that means the money is coming in and people are going back to work. Like I want all that for, for our community. But at the same time, I was driving down that road this morning and I was thinking, man, I miss those days when it was just me and two other cars a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) That was definitely our thinking. We realized that if we're going to go at all this year, it needs to be in the first quarter because by the time uh, summer is going to be opening up, uh, and then uh, the the 50th anniversary, and then presumably because everyone, I mean, we all have a year of pent up partying that we haven't done. So <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> the holidays are going to be bonkers, and yeah, we we decided, you know what? Better even if we don't get to ride the Ratatouille ride, that's okay. Uh, let's try and go in in the early part. Um, but I feel bad. Anyone listening to this, sorry, you missed the boat. Uh, <laughs> so it's not a great tip. Uh, it was just definitely part of our uh, decision-making, you know? Well, I think well, there's, there's still time to jump in um, for spring uh, trips, which honestly, I'd say like the end of April into the middle of May is a fantastic time to go to Disney. Mm-hmm. You tend to, you miss that spring break crowd, but you get there before the end of school you know, is released and people show up at that point. And the weather typically is really nice. Um, not too hot, not too cold, like, you know, right, mm-hmm. right hitting that, that sweet spot. So guys, there's still time. Just, you know, make it happen. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were about to go into the miscongeniality court right there. <laughs> April 25th. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. All you need is a light, a light sweater. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we covered the resort. So Peter, you yep. had, oh, now we have to make this confession. So Peter had some family traveling at the same time mm-hmm. and that family got some magical p- pixie dust mm-hmm. and we tried to make it happen for Peter as well because they were traveling together. And the hope was that, that Peter's family would also be able to get moved. They got a nice upgrade from Caribbean beach over to the grand Floridian. Uh And yeah. And so I did my best. I called in and whatever. Unfortunately, Disney was not willing to budge. Peter's trip was a longer trip than the other family members. And so they were like, if they want to do a split stay, we can accommodate him, but we won't let him just move for his entire trip. Um, But how, did you go visit them or did you check it out or what did they say stay about their accommodations? I'm just curious, uh, you know, did you, did you feel like in the end you made the right choice or were we regretting not making the move? Yeah, no. So it was, um, my, my brother and his wife, uh, and they were there for, I think uh, overlapping like two and a half of the days that we were there and <laughs> their, their takeaway was, so they were supposed to be at Caribbean beach with us and then they got the magical upgrade call. Um, and their takeaway is that they now know that they will never spend money to stay at Grand Floridian. <laughs> well, okay then, you know, <laughs> now, with, with a couple of caveats, what, what were, 
what it sounds like happened is that um, the there were there were too many people trying to book at uh, the um, uh, base resort the, the like the all stars. Uh, apparently, there was a, a big shift. There were some folks who uh, got who who had booked at um, uh, uh, a you know an all star resort that got the call. Hey, would you like to be bumped to a moderate? And then other moderate folks who got the call would you like to be bumped to a deluxe. So there was some shuffling around, and I'm sure that's got to be a whole crazy headache for Disney trying to figure out uh, having the appropriate cast members at all the resorts. And yeah, um, so yeah, my brother got that awesome uh, opportunity. What we're not sure of though is were the amenities that they received actually consistent with a normal Grand Floridian stay? Mm -hmm. Or were there a whole bunch of moderate folks that got moved over to uh, Grand Floridian who (laughs) maybe housekeeping or maybe the staff kind of cut a few corners thinking, well, these folks uh, should be lucky to be here at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was mostly just uh, the... They were the they they were not the 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 experience that they had was not uh, commensurate with the amount of money that they would have paid. They would have paid. Okay, that's yeah. you know that's great feedback because uh, you know sometimes I feel like that it, it is there, um, but during mm-hmm. this time, you know things are different. Sure. And so that's actually you know really good to know um, that maybe that's something to keep in mind. Uh, you know, folks who think they want to have this big grand, I'm blowing it all out vacation. Right. Maybe now is not the time to do that because the, you're right. There are things that are closed at each location um, that does make it a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I always say that the main thing that you're paying for when you stay at Deluxe's is uh, location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you don't get fireworks from your hotel, from your resort, you know, normally at Grand Floridian, you would be able to, to see some um, happening from your resort. Well, you don't get that. And that's something that I think would factor into possibly why you might want to stay there. <laughs> so, well, and I know yeah. because of the construction at the Polynesian, the monorail mm-hmm. stations are down. So, like, is it? It's the monorails are. Is it totally down on the resort loop? Because I think that you know makes that's a big reason to stay there as well as having that monorail access to get around. Yeah, that was that was something that hadn't when we when we were factoring it all. I was talking with my brother about it, and I was like, "Well, I can take the Skyliner to two resorts, and you can take uh, either you know walk your feet over to Magic Kingdom or take the uh, monorail to Epcot." But womp womp, uh, he was not able to do the latter, so he was busing to three of the resorts mm-hmm. uh, and then walking over to. So we were very jealous on Magic Kingdom days. But another thing, we we did go ahead and elect to do the park hopper, and so every day we would have an afternoon park so it turned out that they spent a lot more time on buses than than we did uh because of their uh resort upgrade interesting yeah yeah. interesting so well good okay then i'm glad in the end see i that was my whole plan there you go i I I got you at the right place yeah (laughs) i took care i took care of you there peter (laughs) definitely yeah we were very happy well good i'm glad you i'm glad to hear it i'm glad to hear it okay Uh, let's talk about the parks. What did you, what did you feel? Um, how, uh, obviously, you know, you wore your masks the whole time. Mm -hmm. You had had the temperature check, 
are, they're still doing temperature checks. Yes. Yep. yep. Right. Absolutely. Temperature check, walk through security, all of that, you know, nothing has changed. We're still in COVID precau- precautions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how did you feel um, in general, as far as like um, uh, social distancing where, were you guys, uh, you were at one of the busiest weeks of the year. So were you feeling the crowds around you or did you still feel like you had space um, or, you know, just, I guess, an overall Mm -hmm. response to how it felt? Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the challenges we had was that we don't normally, we we normally go at a time where there's only 20 to 35% capacity during normal times. Like Mm -hmm. we try not to be there for 4th of July. So for us, uh, the, the idea of it being a ghost town was something that we were kind of hoping for, and we did not get that experience. Mm -hmm. Um, We were still a little bit ahead of spring break, uh, you know, still... I think two weeks prior to Easter. So we were there for some of the college spring break crowd, but still not the full on, um, you know, all of the like elementary and middle, uh, you know, and high school kids being, being there um, except for again, folks who were willing to take their kids out of school. So um, yeah, so we were, we were sort of a, a little bit disappointed in terms of the crowd levels and at least how it felt. I think one of the things that we, sort of um, knew conceptually, but hadn't really experienced, you had to experience it for yourself was there are so few things to soak up people, mm-hmm. um, those guest sponges, whether it is uh, shows or restaurants or parades. Uh, the fact that those are either not happening or uh, happening at much more limited uh, levels um, there, there just felt like more people around just kind of hanging out on, uh, benches and, um, you know, other like places to sit along the path, not to mention the fact that half of those are roped off, you know? So if there is a, um, an area where normally it's a large planter that a bunch of people would be able to sit on, well, now that is at half capacity because we want to keep people six feet apart. So it felt a little bit more crowded, it was a, a strange feeling of looking at the at the wait times, and the wait times did not line up with how crowded it felt, because uh, the wait times were uh, fine; they were you know either average or below average. It just felt like it was very crowded because there wasn't any place for people to go other than the the attractions that were open. Yeah, that was my experience uh, last September. Was mm-hmm. uh, also the wait lines would be huge, long, wrapped out down the street where in normal years, you would look at that and just go, I'm not spending three hours to stand in line to ride anything. Mm -hmm. But it's that way because of the social distancing markers, and it actually moved a lot faster. And then the sign itself would only say, you know, 35 minutes, and I would like laugh in my head, because from a visual from somebody who's been there enough to know that line is not a 35 minute line. Yeah. The joke is, yeah, it actually was. But that's how we felt too back in September was we had to like hunt and peck to find some place to sit and eat our ice cream floats or whatever it was that we were trying to snack on at the time. Because you're right, there's there's just no place to soak people in as mm-hmm. there once were. There wasn't a lot of indoor stuff open um, to take them out of the streets. And so when you are walking down the streets, 
during the morning period. Now, I don't know if your afternoon experience was different. Ours was. But during the morning time, it did feel like it was fairly crowded, even if wait times didn't, you know, didn't say the same thing that it felt that way. Right. Yeah, yeah, it definitely it you're right. I mean, the looking in a line uh was immediately a turn off and then you'd see some cast member at the very end holding a little, you know, placard that said it was a 20 minute wait, which just seems absurd. I mean, we we went on Soren and it literally took us out of the building and through a backstage area and <laughs> and it was and it was a 40 minute wait. I mean, which is which is crazy because we've all been on Soren where it was a 70 minute wait and you stayed in the building the whole time the whole time right yeah um so that was that definitely we had to sort of adjust our trust that the time is right despite how scary the line looks (laughs) well and so this is something that i was really curious about um is the wait time accuracy um Mm -hmm. because like you said you know visually it feels very different um but i think even since they're no longer having to kind of accommodate the the fast pass people, um, mm. I'm curious if like did you see think that when you were waiting in lines that it kind of matched up with what the posted wait time was, or even once you were in the line, was it faster or shorter than than it was saying? Yeah, I don't think there was ever a time um, where it was worse than advertised, which I always appreciate. I hope that they, even during normal times, they seem to err on the side of uh, better to tell you it's going to be 60, it ends up being 50 as opposed to the opposite. Um, there there was one, I mean, there were a couple of instances, and this always happens where you know, you, you go over to Tower of Terror, it's a, it's a 45 minute wait posted, but because of that, and then everything else around it might be an hour, all of a sudden that one starts to creep up because you and a bunch of other people all had the great idea to go get in line. And now what we thought was a 45 minute wait ends up being longer than that. Uh, but yeah, in general, um, the, the, the wait times were, were pretty consistent, consistently accurate, if not a little bit more than, uh, than, than advertised. Um, so that was, and it was also very strange, like it's a small world had a longer wait than Peter Pan's flight, which blew my mind. That never happens. That right? never happens <clears throat> ever. But, but it, <laughs> never. we, we had to keep, and my brother and I were talking about this, like th- every, every ride's efficiency is all thrown off now because for example, on pirates or small world, they're loading um, a party in the front of the boat and then a party at the back of the boat. And the whole middle has to remain empty because of keeping distance. Whereas something like Peter Pan's flight, they're running at full capacity because the uh, ships are already uh, an appropriate distance apart. So, uh, you know, things like Haunted Mansion were unaffected, um, but then any time it was something where, again, some of the, you know, d- specifically the boat rides uh, tended to be worse in terms of, like Jungle Cruise was was definitely longer than, than average uh, because they were, you know, you're, you're, they're running at half capacity. Uh, so that was, that was definitely something that was sort of, we had to reprogram ourselves to consider uh, that, maybe we can go on the seven dwarves mind train because that already, because of the ride design, that's going to be better for you than going on pirates in terms of the wait time. I love how you're like being all smart about this and not just looking at the lines going, Nope, Nope, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, we, it's, it was mostly curious to us. We were just trying to figure out 
again, what, what, why is this happening? What, what is, we're, we're interested in, in what is, what has changed about the situation, uh, mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. what we're used to, you know? Yep. yep. Um, I think, you know, so yeah, you're, you're talking about social distancing or asked about it. Um, one, one thing that is, so they have these markers to keep parties six feet apart in queue. One of the things I hadn't thought about is that they're trying to keep people six feet apart in a, in a radius, I guess, like assuming that someone can stand in queue, but then be able to turn 360 degrees and cough in any direction, not just, (laughs) not just facing forward. And so there are lots of times in the queue where you're not really six feet ahead. You're, you're more than six feet behind the person in front of you because they've laid the markers out to account for folks on either side of you in queue, like to the right and the left of you, not just the people in front of you. And that was definitely something that a lot of guests uh, did not wrap their head around. Um, I would say we experienced about a 50% failure of people respecting the lines on the ground. Um, And usually folks were still keeping about, four to six feet behind, uh, my party, but in terms of just, uh, not, not realizing that there was more to the markings on the ground than just keeping away from the party in front of you, that it really is more like a circle and a bubble where you're also trying to keep away from the people, uh, in, in, in adjoining, you know, the queue line, either before in front of you or behind you, uh, was something that I think a lot of folks aren't weren't really paying attention to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely had that experience and it's, yeah. and then you have to like kind of explain to people. Cause like some people <laughs> are just like, well, whatever, it's only supposed to be six feet. So the line must be missing. And you're like, no, right. It's, yeah. it's done for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we also found, I mean, uh, one of my pro tips is if you can designate a floor watcher in your party, uh, it is, it's amazing how it, it took a lot more paying attention than just the normal, uh, keeping a little bit of distance. I mean, we're never right up on the people in front of us, even during normal times. Um, but you did really have to, whoever was at the front of the line in your party did really need to focus on, uh, you know, going up to the next line and stopping and then also looking ahead to see where the next line was. Sometimes it's more than six feet in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, Or around corners. Like sometimes they hit them on corners Mm -hmm. and you can't really see what's happening. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so we, we tried not to be hypocrites of, uh, you know, the, again, our, our, our rough estimate was about half the people who were behind us didn't really, um, adhere. They still adhered to staying about six feet away from us, but they weren't really adhering to the, the lines that were on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, again, something to consider and, and hopefully depending on how risk averse, uh, people are, if, if that, um, you know, Disney was fantastic about um, enforcing the mask policies. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. really appreciated that. And anytime 
Um, there was, you know, we, we saw a couple of folks who were clearly enjoyed breathing out of their nose and, you know, <laughs> good for you, but, and they would, they would, they would fix it when the cast member asked them to, and then pull it promptly down afterwards. But those folks were few and far between. Um, and also again, the, the, a lot of cast members who were on the ball with that and we really appreciated it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would rather them enforce that really hard and then maybe not be quite um, as present to keep people up to the appropriate line. Um, I think it's more important to have everyone wearing their mask. Um, If you have to pick one of the other, I'd rather the mask be policed as opposed to the six foot uh, radius. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely have to agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I would also recommend um, I had some really comfortable masks. I thought and then I wore them all day and I, I, I pretty much had a headache for the whole week <laughs> because uh, I hadn't considered how much it was going to be pulling on the back of my ears. And, um, you know, ibuprofen helped, but I would definitely recommend um, putting the mask on and wearing it for eight hours in your normal life uh, a few weeks before you go. As silly as it may be just walking around your house with that mask on. Um, I wish that I had done that because that, uh, you know, I, I was used to wearing the mask for maybe three or four hours at a time, but I, I hadn't really developed that sort of endurance uh, and probably would have picked a different type of mask if I had done that sort of trial run, you know? No, it's true. I mean, I joke that um, I used to go to theme parks probably every two, two to three months maximum, uh, you know, time frame difference, because that's what my family likes to do. So either local or Disney theme parks, universal theme parks, whatever. And mm-hmm. I joke that I am completely out of theme park walking shape, because <laughs> that's another thing you, you kind of have to train up for because you don't realize how much walking you're going to do in a day until after that first day when you are just whooped and you're in bed. And this came from somebody who I used to run half marathons, like consistently, I still would say I had to be in walking shape, you know, to, to mm-hmm. handle the full days at the theme park. Well, the same thing goes with the masks. I work from home. Uh, when I am out, I'm out for maybe an hour, hour and a half at a time where I'm wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask for eight hours a day or 12 hours a day at the theme parks or such. So I definitely think that's a really smart tip to put out there is to try some out for longer periods than what you might be used, you know, use, using. If you're back mm-hmm. in the office, if you're wearing a mask every day, then you probably have a good idea of what works for you and what doesn't. But if you're like many of us who went home uh, last March and haven't gone back, uh, that's a that's a great tip to kind of consider. And there's a lot of different options out there. There's a lot of different things that you can look for. When I took my family last um, summer, I brought every different type of mask under the sun and I brought them. I probably came into the park with something like 50 masks. Now, (laughs) granted, there's six of us, but still I stuffed them in the backpack and that way I could just pull them out whenever anybody needed to switch theirs out or they didn't like the way this one fit or they, you know, it was uncomfortable because we were there in the summer. It was hot. It was gross. Those masks got sweaty and nasty and That's also a huge tip that I would say is bring a lot more masks than you think you need. Bring the paper masks if you, you know, have any concerns. Those are great because they're fairly cheap. You can toss them and put a new one on and refresh yourself. And it makes all the world of a difference when you put a new mask on. 
in the summer at Walt Disney World. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, mask training. I'm all about it. That's a that's a, actually a really good tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something I, I definitely would not have. Again, I I thought it was comfortable, and like you say, it was comfortable for short, you know, uh, running errands uh, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for for all day wear. Um, but they're also really pushing hard the mobile ordering, uh, which I kind of like. I mean, it, 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 I appreciate that folks aren't congregating around mm-hmm. the menu. Uh, it sort of lets everyone uh, be able to look at, make a meal plan on their own device. Um, the the one thing I did notice is that whenever I would hit the button that says I'm here, what I the button should actually say I'm eight to ten minutes away. Um, <laughs> and so we sort of started to learn that where even with the reduced crowds, uh, they they still were running a little bit behind in terms of um, how quickly the meal prep was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but but that was uh, whenever possible to mobile order, even more so than than. Uh, you know, in, during pre-COVID times, that there, there are lots of opportunities to do that, and we we enjoyed um, using that. Uh, and the, I gotta say, they have these relaxation stations uh, that no one knows about. Apparently, despite the fact that they're well marked, I don't think that folks understand the purpose of them. And so, anytime we popped into one, it was nearly empty. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we enjoyed a, a meal in one, you know, going, go, going over to counter service, grabbing something. And then a- again, as you, to, to your point about when you went last, like there, there's no place to sit. Well, there's no harm with going over to a relaxation station and eating or drinking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, often those were quite empty. And so that's another, be on the lookout for those and, and definitely use them because, at least our experience, despite how crowded the parks were on the pathways, the re- relaxation stations were quite empty. So that I was had good. that same experience. Yeah, when when mm-hmm. I was there, uh, when I was there in September, and then the last, then before that, I think we were there in July, and uh, that was my experience too. Is the relaxation stations exist? They're being underutilized. Uh, mm-hmm. If you ever need some time to just go hang out someplace, uh, that's a great place to go. Um, so yeah, for sure. Take advantage of those. If you guys are are planning, especially during the summer where it's so hot, um, they tend to be shaded, uh, and, and, and (laughs) offer some places to actually sit down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's one. We hadn't really considered how much we used to multitask eating and drinking in line. Mm -hmm. And, and all of a sudden that's not an option now where, you know, especially around Epcot, it was just very common for us to go grab a quick little bite or a tasty beverage and then go, that makes the frozen line that much more tolerable. Um, and, and that's not, uh, an option. Uh, I mean, we, they, they do sort of allow, especially with the social distancing, we did some cheat things where, um, you know, <clears throat> you stop moving, you're at your six foot line, you, you stick your straw under your mask and you, you do a, a you know, swig of your lemonade, uh, before you move forward. But they are definitely, um, uh, making sure that folks are staying stationary while, uh, eating or drinking. And, uh, that certainly includes in the queue line. Yeah. So yeah. planning they, for that. They know? don't want you like to take your mask off and just be munching on popcorn <clears throat> while you're going through the line anymore. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, enough people ruined it early on. Mm-hmm. Where you know we uh, we have reports of folks who just walked around the park all day holding a you know an empty container of something, um, mm-hmm. and and so mm-hmm. I get it. You know, again, I I, I support it. 
makes sense. Uh, but it definitely made it tougher to enjoy your, your donut and your coffee while waiting for the Skyliner. Uh, <laughs> right. You know. Well, now my next question is uh, fast passes. Mm-hmm. So right now, and until further notice, and I do believe uh, they may have even said through 2021, I can't remember if that was an official thing or if they've just said, you know, we have no plans for this at this time. But at this time, there's no fast passes and there's no expectation, at least from a travel agent perspective, I'm telling you guys that we don't have any expectation of fast passes coming back anytime soon. We have not been given any hints. We haven't heard like by the fall or by you know, June or nothing like that has been given to us. So you are still going to be experiencing Walt Disney World without any fast pass option. And I know that gives a lot of folks um, some trepidation and some anxiety because they're just picturing standing in these huge, long, crazy lines all the time um, as you once did before fast pass became a thing. So how was your experience with no fast passes? Um and uh, and what what are your thoughts about the return of fast passes? Yeah, so I'm I'm an old school fast pass person. Uh, I am not a fan of uh, having to figure out the rides I'm going to go on sixty days or 180 days or whatever in advance. Um, I, I think that takes away from some of the magic, and I appreciated. I, I miss the old the paper system. Um, so if you have to make me choose between having um, no fast passes and going back to doing it all on your phone in advance, I'm always going to choose the no fast pass. So we Peter were is happy. my Disney Park Damn. spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> on the same page. Totally. To- I love there was something about um, the excitement of running around the parks, pulling paper fast passes. Mm-hmm. And as soon as your time was up, you could go pull some more and uh, sure. stacking them all up and having them. So I loved that. That was my <laughs> that was like my my secret little joy was was being able to do that. But um, well, so anyway, that and being able to, if you were leaving the park and didn't use them, yes. being able to gift them to people right. at the end of the day. Like I know people can still like pick them up now. If you know if you if you remember to cancel your fast pass, but no, it was always so fun being like, oh, I'm heading out of the park. Here, take these fast passes for a test track. Yes, totally. Yes, yep. it was fun. It was fun. Okay, uh, so yes, your your team. No fast pass if we have if we're going back to the old system. Um, yep. How was no, your I, experience much, though? Uh, it was fine. I mean, it, it, because again, because no one has a fast pass, all of the lines were were shorter. Uh, whereas normally they're having to funnel a combination of standby and fast pass. Everyone is standby, and therefore the standby times are are all uh, shorter. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it was again some of the time. I mean, there, there were certainly some hour long waits uh, that that we did. Uh, but at the same time, like I said earlier, with the strange capacities, uh, there were some where it was much faster than we had anticipated. And I'll be curious to see how or if that changes. Like, for example, on the um, Kilimanjaro safaris, they have figured out how to get those um, uh, clear plastic panels in between every row. And so that's an... Uh, you know, unchanged, uh, the, the capacity is exactly the same as it always has been. And I, I, I'm wondering if they'll be able to do some things more like that in some of the, you know, like pirates or like a boat ride. Um, 
I, I guess you know something else to consider though is we were we're, we were able to get on uh, Smuggler's Run. We had the uh, Millennium Falcon to ourselves, just the three of us, which was awesome. Uh, but definitely the acrylic in the way um, did take away from part of the experience. Having these big uh, reflective shiny um, uh, dividers in there was was. A, a potential negative in terms of the 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 ride experience um but yeah in terms of the wait times for everything i thought it was average or a little bit below average uh despite the lack of uh fast passes or maybe again because of the lack of fast okay okay uh yeah. what else what else do we what else do we want to cover guys uh, we talked a little bit about uh dining and mobile ordering and how a lot of restaurants are not available right now uh, talked about some fast passes, talked about the feel of the lines and social distance and some masking requirements, uh, resorts. What else about, do we need to um, cover? I, maybe I can mention the Magical Express, which was neither. <laughs> yes, let's talk about that. Because this has been a, a, a very big, hot topic. Um, as folks have learned, Magical Express is going away um, in... January 1st, 2022, you will no longer, if your, if your trip is booked after that, you will no longer be able to use the, the Magical Express. And I know Peter had a disappointing experience with it. Um, and we also kind of laughed that maybe they've just given up because they know their contract <laughs> wasn't, wasn't sure. redone. Um, but yeah, tell me, tell me what your experience was like there. Yeah, it was, and again, only the only data points I have are my my family's experience, and then uh, you know my my brother and his wife who had a similarly not so magical. Um, uh, you know, it it does feel like they've kind of given up, um, and just uh, knowing that the end is near, uh, it definitely was not quite the level of uh, pixie dust that we uh, have been used to in years past. Um, we've used the Magical Express every time we've stayed on property since it began. Um, um, and, uh, so I think the main, I, I, I believe that they probably, this is a good direction for them to go in. Our takeaway was definitely we're spending so much on the vacation and we want it to, um, start as soon as possible. And then we want to, on the other end of the vacation, maximize our park or resort time. And so in retrospect, we would have been happy to, uh, get some private, whether it's a lift or whether it's if Mears offers a, an in-person something, even if you're spending money on that, uh, as opposed to the complimentary Magical Express, having it on your own timetable is definitely something that is worthwhile. And, uh, and our experience was that the Magical Express was not on our timetable. Um, and it took um, many, uh, in, in our case, I think it was about three hours from the time we got in queue until the time we got into our hotel room. Uh, and we would have loved to have that be you know, 50 minutes or whatever the actual time it takes to travel from MCO to the resort. Um, so something to consider again, the cost was there, there was no financial cost, but consider the cost. <laughs> well, right. And for me, uh, on a Disney vacation, time is money. And, you know, you want that magic to start as soon as you can. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's definitely a, definitely a good tip. Uh, uh, Jane, Teresa, do you guys have anything else you want to ask Peter about his trip? Yeah, I just want to like an overall perspective. 
Do you feel like the value was there? Because I know that a lot of people talk about, I'm just getting less for what I'm paying and the experiences are different. So like, was the value there and would you do it again? Yeah, I, I think it was um, a little bit below value unless you factor in, again, we went into it with sort of the spirit of, well, this is weird. This is a, this is let's, let's go experience this place during this time. And that is worth something to us. And when, so we were, when you factor that in, it was worth it. Uh, but if you take away sort of the novelty, if you're just looking at, um, the amount of time that we spent in line, the amount of time we spent on a ride, what the overall experience was like, uh, I, I would, I would say it's below average. Um, and there were definitely some interesting, like we haven't talked about any character stuff. Oh, Um, I do want to ask you about that because I love the characters and I saw one Mm -hmm. adorable picture that you guys got, but yeah. How was your character experience this time versus previous times? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, we sort of like the pop-ups, uh, whether it is, I mean, again, literally one of them was right at Caribbean beach, uh, you know, on our way the the short walk from our room to the Skyliner and there's, uh, Pluto and Goofy hanging out behind a, a six foot row of shrubbery uh with no line just sort of just sort of there um so that was kind of fun and magical and very different from uh getting in some epic queue to go you know meet a a princess or mickey uh so we kind of liked that experience was definitely a plus Mm -hmm, uh the mm -hmm. the it, it felt more magical and spontaneous um as opposed to another line to get in but again if you're there if you're going for the experience of autographs or uh, photos with, with characters, then this is not the time uh, for you to go. Just like if you're going for the parades or for uh, the, the shows um, the, what they have is great, uh, but it definitely it pales in comparison to, to what we've all sort of grown to expect from a normal uh, Disney visit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and the only other thing, so this has kind of come up, you know, with your answer to that question and talking about the fast pass, I'm curious mm-hmm. about if there are any other big standout things for either things you'd like to kind of see when the parks start to return to something more familiar, like things you want to mm-hmm. kind of stay that we've, we've gained right now. And what are some of the things that you are really hoping return uh, by the time you make your next trip? Yeah. Um, the hand sanitizer was awesome. Again, as somebody who is there, <laughs> you know, shout out it, to the sanitizer. <laughs> my, my five-year-old is going to be touching all of the handrails anyway. Uh, so it was nice to have, uh, you know, periodic hand sanitizers on that. I mean, that, that again, that's cringeworthy during non COVID times. So, uh, that was, that was uh, lovely. I'm, I'm glad that they had that, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, again, the, the, you know, I appreciate this, the, the, the distance in between parties. That's great. And, um, certainly we've all experienced someone either directly in front of us or directly behind us who, uh, we would just as soon stay six feet away for whatever reason. So it's cool that that is, um, there for, for health reasons, as well as, uh, you know, odor or language or what have you, um, uh, so yeah, like that. That's my normal personal space bubble. Sure. So now that people are required to respect that, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it definitely. I, I appreciate that. Um, 
and yeah, I'm, I'm sort of torn. The, the acrylic everywhere is both good and bad. There were a couple of times, um, in particular, I'm thinking about the Grand Fiesta Tour where they had acrylic, uh, in the normal queue and it was a little claustrophobic. Like it was sort of a narrow queue to begin with. And then they have these, um, uh, clear panels. And so I'm not sure. Uh, if I, on the one hand, it was nice sort of separating you from some of your fellow people, but on the other hand, it was felt a little bit, uh, tight. So yeah, I, I think, um, the, the acrylic in key places might be nice if it stayed around. Uh, and definitely the, the hand sanitizer is awesome. Uh, and the, um, maybe, maybe not all the markers stay because I would like, some of the cues uh, do stretch out into some sunshine and then you do end up going faster through some of the more interactive and themed cues. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, the good news is you're moving at a fast speed, but the bad news is you don't get to enjoy some of the details that are, that are in those. I'm going to be really interested. I think we've, since you have been to Disneyland as well, uh, Mm -hmm. because Disneyland cues do that anyway. There are a lot of their cues are, are outdoor. I am going to be super interested. Now I know they're opening at a much lower percentage i think 15 <laughs> percent mm-hmm. so if you get the t- the golden ticket you are going to feel like willy wonka because you're going to have disneyland all to yourself um but the, the I, I will be curious as they ramp up uh what what their cues end up looking like because there's just not as much space at disneyland as there is at walt disney world even on a good day and those lines get pretty epically long even without the three to six feet you know distance uh being factored in so Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be curious well, and plus, to see. Plus, with some do. of their, I think, with their indoor capacity restrictions that are still even more more strict than what we're seeing in Florida. So, I I wonder what attractions will not be open mm-hmm. that you might be expecting to see or eager to see when Disneyland reopens. I th- I want to say that there's a list that's out now, and if there is one, I'll stick it in show notes um, for folks that are curious who are West Coasters or. I guess only California folks can can make it over there right now. But anyway, um, just a just a note that I thought I would throw out there is that uh, that's a good point. Is I like I personally like the distance between people. I don't want to be that close to people ever. COVID, not COVID, ever, mm-hmm. just ever. Um, but uh, but also I agree. Like those lines freaked me out when I was there and I know better. I know how quickly those lines can move and whatever, but I would still be like, ah, no, it looks really long. Let's skip it. (laughs) Um, And that's definitely a a mental break that I would have to do if, if the six foot distance markers stay in place long-term. So Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 All right. All right. Well, uh, Peter, once again, where can people find you on Instagram to find your haunted bathroom? Um, (laughs) haunted mansion bathroom because he also posted a picture of uh i guess you guys were like in in the queue for the haunted mansion mm. and you were like research <laughs> yes oh totally yeah, i yeah. loved it <laughs> yeah if you want to um so that's uh on instagram it's hm bathroom uh and you can see uh all of uh, that it's going to be an ongoing project for years but basically you know trying to refurb a bathroom to be as ride accurate as possible to the corridor of doors scene in the uh, haunted mansion so right now i'm working on custom woodwork um uh, toppers to the doors uh and uh, getting all that figured out so, so it's it's a really fun project but again it's going to be going on for a while um if you want to follow my normal boring life as a professional magician <laughs> 
Because nothing can, uh, exciting happens during that. No, no, nothing, nothing fun at all. No. Um, so that's um, uh, the Impossible PW, uh, and that is on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the Impossible PW, and you can see all the the magical stuff. Uh, and yeah, as uh, Teresa mentioned, I was uh, lucky enough to be on Penn and Teller Fool Us uh, late January, and so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, and that's over on YouTube. You can find that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, any, any place you want to, uh, you know, if you want to talk Disney, that's HM bathroom, otherwise uh, over on the impossible PW. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, and do not forget Jane, where can people find us? Well, I was going to say, if you have any questions about trip planning or things you want to ask Peter or things that you would like me to look for in the next, um, upcoming trips, you can come find us in our Facebook group, which is No Guilt Disney, or you can email us at noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com. And make sure you join us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it's no fun to fangirl Disney planning alone. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs>